Welcome to Machine Learning. PyTorch. Facebook AI library. It's done uh, based on tensors. And uh, looked at uh, tensors a little while ago. Did some uh, matrixy multiplication. So basically, tensor is a vector. Uh, whenever you're dealing with curvilinear systems, things that uh, are changing, like with a gradient, uh, you know, you would use tensors. And they usually follow the notation of I, J, K, uh, representing the X, Y, and Z components in three-dimensional space. But tensors can can go into other uh, subspaces. So pretty advanced little mechanisms uh, that represent notation. Um, and so you can solve uh, you can solve tensors for uh, for uh, uh, solutions to polynomials. But uh, going back to something simpler that you can understand probably is uh, tensors are are just vectors. So um, we, we can create, uh, from the, that, those vectors, we can create uh, matrices, and then we can apply matrices multiplication. So when you look at a tensor, uh, it, uh, it has, uh, uh, like in the case with PyTorch, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna apply uh, some of the same uh, methodologies that we do in Keras. In fact, everything that you can do in Keras, you can probably do in PyTorch. And I say probably because I haven't, you know, Keras is a pretty vast uh, API, and <coughs> PyTorch uh, is is pretty low level. It's like the comparable between C++ and C, but you know, there was a lot of the world that ran on C, so, you know, let's not knock C down and say, you know, that it can't do the work. It can do the work. Um, but, uh, so the way PyTorch works is that you have your hidden layers, and then the hidden layers uh, represent, are multiplied by the different whites. So you have weights on the hidden layer, and, uh, and then you have an input layer, and the final layer is your output layer. And uh, if you just take uh, and do the matrixy multiplication, it's a dot product. So you're multiplying a dot product by the vectors, and uh, and you're you're taking the uh, results of those summations and they become the output to the next uh, to the next layer so your 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 weights can be all you can actually have an input layer one weighted layer and a resulting output layer <clears throat> and because you can take your weights and you can multiply them together into a resulting weight. So you can take weight one, weight two, and multiply them together. <clears throat> now you, that's, and once you got activation, that's not gonna be true. Uh, but if you were just taking 
weights and multiplying the weight the weights on the lines uh, together you, you get a resulting weight cumulative weight then uh, or multiplicate multiplicative weight uh, you would you would get a single weight that would give you the same output so that, that's nice and then when you when you're doing with activation we're looking at some level of thresholding so there's a relative uh, linear units and that's a max zero zero comma max so it's gonna look if it's a negative number you have a negative number it's gonna zero that out and then it's gonna give you the max amount for uh, on the on the on the weight output and so that has the effect of zeroing out the weights on the that are on the lines that are negative and then you have tangent H which follows a, a, uh, a tangent H function uh, sigmoid which is uh, going to be negative one to one and your inflection point is zero so if you're uh, yeah it's zero and then uh, uh, so if you let's see uh, it's actually I think it should be point maybe it's zero to one maybe it's zero to one and uh, sorry zero to one because the inflection point is uh, 0.5 so greater than 0.5, then it, it's going to be true, and if it's less than that, then it's going to be false. Let's see, so you have tangent. Uh, uh, there's about six different types of activation functions, and uh, and you can you can uh, uh, instantiate that in, in uh, PyTorch. And then you can also matmul, M-A-T-M-U-L, math, math, uh, matrix multiplication. And that's also a PyTorch library. So you don't have to reinvent matrices multiplication. They already have it done for you. And a lot of people like to do things in NumPy arrays, but I actually think that switching over into <coughs> tensors and... Uh, defining your tensors as two-dimensional arrays and then working with tensor mathematics is going to be a lot simpler. I saw a lot of complexity when people were doing matrices multiplication uh, on the web and I used tensors and significantly reduced down the complexity. It is more challenging when you first look at a tensor to understand what it does but once you understand what tensors do, I think you're gonna like them. They're, you know, the, it, Einstein used tensors to calculate the theory of relativity. And so they, uh, they, they do have a uh, place in mathematics for dealing with complex systems. Or you're looking at things that change, because like he was looking at how gravity was affecting light bending of, of uh, light due to gravity. Uh, and so also that, that he had 
you know, nothing could go faster than the speed of light, so therefore he reasoned that space-time shape changed and allowing it to appear to cover a uh, greater expanse of space uh, due to a a bending effect. And they call it, well, they they call that a, uh, uh, that effect the Einstein's lens. So you can look that up and read about it. So I think you'll like tensors. That's my whole point there. You kind of went off on tangent about Einstein. But yeah, um, and so if you can uh, use uh, tensors, then you can you can set up your PyTorch. And PyTorch, basically, uh, there's more steps, I think, because you're going to, you could probably reduce those steps into a Keras-like uh, function, like fit and predict. But you're going to have you could do uh, you could do convolution convolution neural nets with PyTorch. You can do LSTMs. Um, I haven't checked to see if you can do assembly, but if you can do assembly, then that means that you can use word vectorizations. And you can use PyTorch. So pretty much everything that Keras can do, you can do with PyTorch. Um, it is a multi-layered perceptron. And, you know, so you've got uh, input layer, you've got multiple hidden layers, and then you've got an output layer. And you can put on, uh, you can do binary enthropy or cross enthropy, cross category, uh, categorical enthropy. Um, uh, let's see, I, didn't, I don't think I said softmax, but you can also do softmax. So, those are powerful features that uh, Keras allows you to do for classification that you can now uh, use machine learning in PyTorch to do. And then you load your PyTorch, uh, install it, and uh, pretty much runs at that point. So, real, real clean uh, execution of... Uh, PyTorch and um, installation is easy, and then you can start uh, building your tensors and and uh, and setting up your network, and then testing your network to see how it's doing. I think you know it's going to be interesting in the future as more libraries and Python become available, powerful libraries like uh, like the Nematode library as they become more available then we will see some amazing things uh, in neural nets things that uh, we couldn't do with maybe a a, a, a small neural net like uh, <clears throat> like maybe 15 16 nodes that uh, these 15 16 nodes are capable of driving a car um, so then it kind of like in our minds how are we going to begin to apply the neural nets in the different areas of our life, you know? So you're, if you're getting that level of functionality with 15, 16 nodes, you're not gonna need a, a super mainframe cluster running a million uh, neuron 
deep learning network. You could you could just have a 1516 cluster running on your or nodes running on your on your iPhone, uh, producing the same level of quality pattern recognition. So, I think we're going to see a big jump in AI in the next uh, few years, uh, especially in terms of capability. What it is actually capable of doing. And, uh, you know, as the costs significantly reduce, drop, then, uh, you know, adoption is going to be moving in fast because then you're paying for labor. And so you're looking for skilled labor. And that's, uh, that's one of the, the things that I think that is going to, we're going to start seeing soon is this rapid shifting of, of uh, workforce to... Uh, more skilled analytics. People are going to be, you know, testing their uh, aptitudes. Uh, they'll be you know, studying statistics. They're going to be thinking about quantitative analysis. Uh, you know, looking at uh, gradients, understanding how gradients work. So you can all, all these things you can plug right directly into your uh, PyTorch. You can plot. You can plug in a linear system. You can plug in your vectors. You can plug in your uh, stochastic gradient descent, and uh, you can you can uh, hand calculate. You know, uh, do all the different uh, derivatives uh, for determining what those uh, those values are, and then you can. Um, uh, you can run it in your PyTorch. So, uh, you know, I would actually have loved to have known Python and uh, and uh, PyTorch when I was taking linear algebra because then I could see, you know, I could, well, and I was doing, putting the, the equations into Mathematica. In fact, you know, the teacher showed us Mathematica and, and encouraged us to, you know, use Mathematica just because, you know, you can work out all the equations on hand, and then you can just type in your equation into Mathematica, and it would kick out a result, tell you whether you had a trivial solution or a non-trivial solution. Uh, you could plot it, you know, you, and all these things you can do in, uh, in Python now with different libraries, and so you just got to know, learn the libraries, and, uh, and then you can use it. And so you get the power of Mathematica, through libraries that you have to learn how to program. You had to learn how to program a little bit in Mathematica to get, uh, sometimes get the solutions to come out right. So, uh, you know, things like taking a major, two matrices and multiplying them together, uh, that was that was pretty simple, but it's still simple in uh, Python to do that with PyTorch. So you can, or, and and it was originally called Torch, and then they Mike, and I think that was originally a C library, and then it was converted to Python, and then they started calling it PyTorch. So, um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, job requirements now where they they want you to have a knowledge of PyTorch. So going to need to start doing some PyTorch uh, uh, projects. You know, you could definitely learn it from DataCamp or you could uh, begin uh, 
getting a couple of books. I, I picked a, looked at uh, some books on PyTorch. And, you know, just get familiar with it. Get comfortable with programming in it. And then start looking for uh, problems to solve with PyTorch. It's, there's a lot. The, the thing I see with a lot of data science is it's, it's uh, trying to, to marry up, uh, you know, what, what is already with what could be. So, you know, you have to make, there's almost like introductions that have to occur here, you know, because it's, uh, it's, there's no easy interface. The real world is messy. It's got, it's complex. Um, even when I was trying, you know, to do A-B testing and look at, uh, you know, looking for particular problems to solve with A-B testing that might be valuable, it was really challenging to think about that. You know, what, what type of uh, what type of companies are doing A/B testing? Web companies, um, you know, retail, sales, you know, things like that. Are they? They would be probably doing uh, A/B testing to see, you know, effectiveness of maybe a sales campaign or uh, you know, running a discount on a particular product to see if it increases the number of sales. So, uh, yeah, it's all about the offer, the quality of the offer, and the presentation.